Hello, welcome to Rum Doings. This is not, not my seductive voice. Nick is trying to seduce me. I do. We're in we're in the labour room. <laughs> we're in a, a, a dimly lit spare room, lit, lit by a red bulb. Yes, which is quite unsettling. Uh, a few weeks ago, it would have uh, smelt of um, clary sage oil and all sorts of things. Oh, really? As labour was going on, so oh. maybe you'll have a baby in here. This I hope not. I do hope I won't have a baby in this room. Would, first of all, being a boy, and secondly, this not being my house. And also, the mattress cover isn't. Although on. I have slept on this bed a few times, yeah. so it's basically yours. Essentially, yeah. you rearranged this room completely, so I don't recognise it. All oh yeah, the, well, the computer is new in, computer. Arrival. The computer is in here now. The baby's in. You lost your study, did you? I lost the computer room, but isn't oh. that the cliche of it? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Oh, so, there goes my den. It's the beginning of your emasculation. Yeah, exactly. Which is ironic, really, because one's emasculation begins with the beginning of the masculinisation that produced her in the first That's place. That's true. Your loins, once <laughs> used, become redundant. <laughs> yes. yes, they they are they are the progenitor of their own. Demand. <laughs> Absolutely, they're a bit yeah. vestigial now, aren't yeah. they? Just shrivel up and drop off. Yes, like your appendix. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Right. Well, what are we drinking this week? This week we're not actually having rum, even though this is the Rum Doings podcast. How dare we? Well, I think, I think, the, rum I think as the smart price dark rum from the last time was <laughs> yes. was more than our systems could I, handle. I think uh, a week later the memory still uh, <laughs> is dark and uh, vestigial. So this week we are having a an Italian liquor called Amaro. So why does it say Ramazzotti on the bottle? That's the chap who made it, Mister. Oh, I see. Ramazzotti. Ramazzotti. So enjoy your amaro. Oh, that does smell nice. Well, it seems it's really sweet. Mm. But then what happens? Wow. Yes, that's peculiar. It's like those chemistry. You know those chemistry yes. experiments where it suddenly goes purple and then it goes white. So explain what yeah. happened in your mouth. Okay, so I put it in, and it, well, you know, when you smell it. It smells like a, sort of a liqueur. Yeah, so sort of drambuie-ish. It smells a little bit like my dad makes this fantastic yeah. orange liqueur. And when you first taste it, it had a, kind of has a similar taste. It's a very sweet, very sugary, sweet, and yeah. almost fruity flavour. And, and you always think, just, I know you always think, mm, it maybe it's a bit too sweet. You do, I and I thought to myself, wow, this is extremely, almost sickly sweet. And then before I could finish that thought, the t- <laughs> flavour dissolves into like biting into the the rind of an orange. Yes, exactly. It's like bitter, really bitter rind yeah, flavour. Exactly. So just when you think that's, that's too much, it is odd. I want to do it again. Mm. Hang on. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow! It's, it's the most magical stuff it's 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 like harry potter liquor but how does that work because it's the taste buds and different taste buds in your tongue rages to different bits apparently but not. it seems apparently that... oh i heard i learned oh, really? from qi that that's not true oh is it not true yeah oh. i reckon it's just that the first chemicals i reckon that some chemicals are more volatile than the others in that and as some evaporate off your tongue they really they leave the other more bitter chemicals to then waft over mm. so it's a multi-layered yeah, flavor very clever very interesting and it and leaves the mouth feeling quite sort of cleaned afterwards not unctuous so it's good it's good stuff we'll we'll have a, we might have it again in a future podcast what we won't be having again in a future podcast is the asda smart, smart price, price dark yeah. if anyone would like an almost completely full <laughs> bottle of asda smart price yes, dark just, rum just rum, rum doings about podcast at rumdoings.com and we'll, we'll draw, send us the postage we'll, and we'll send it to you yes frankly and if, if you if you receive it smashed up in smithereens lucky you or perhaps use it to uh, clean um uh, a latrine Yes, that would, that would do very well if you have, yes. if you have a latrine in your house. <laughs> yes, it won't clean a normal toilet, but all latrines will be cleaned well. I'm Aye. desperately trying to think of a way to get the me slash I rule wrong, in order that I can beautifully segue oh, right. into talking the, to introducing the concept of the neighbour's eye. 
the neighbours I will. Can you think of an example of getting... It's really hard to get it wrong on purpose. Well, I mean, if, if, if when people usually talk to John and I, we just... We, there you that's go. Right. That, that's that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And we call that... Uh, we haven't talked about the topic we're not discussing first before well, we go we on to discuss... Gosh, really before rambling we, on, before four we minutes in... Before we discuss neighbours, let's talk about what we're can not it, going so to can it, Are we discussing it in my way of saying it or your way Your way is fine. I like my way. Okay. To the, to, okay, so this week of episode nine, we are not discussing... Uh, is it is it about time we stopped funding the NHS? Neighbours is a programme which is much vilified and has become a joke over the 20... How many? 20, uh, 20 years? It started in 1983, 84, I think. Oh, so. yes. Gosh, yes, 25 years. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And I certainly... Of course, I don't watch it anymore. I know that my brother and his wife do, but I stopped watching it maybe five, six, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. But people are surprised that I ever did watch it. I know uh, when I, I know when I stopped watching it. I was living. It was in the second year of my uh, second degree. Mm-hmm. I say second degree like I finished the first one, but mm. um, the degree I finished. Um, or oh, my degree. My degree. You could yeah. say it that way. Yeah. Um, uh, I would have been twenty-six, so mm-hmm. it would have been eight years ago. Mm. I stopped watching. Yeah. And I know why I stopped watching too. We yeah. should probably get to that later. Okay. I mean, but let's talk about it first. It's a much maligned. Program and it's bond- we have we have many American listeners and we have, yeah. have no idea what Neighbours well, well, is. So well, it, it, it's it's, a, it's an Australian situation comedy. It's not a situation. It's funny that I yeah, said that out true. because yeah. that, that that's a key to what makes it slightly different. Well, made yeah. it slightly different. God knows what it's like today, but it's it, it's a soap opera, uh, quite cheaply made, uh, mm-hmm. uh, made in uh, made in Australia, just based around the lives of. Well, frankly, a cold is a cold is a cold is I, I want to st- first of all for for American listeners, um, a soap a soap in America is a very distinct thing. It's your general hospital, very melodramatic, Sunset Beach, and you know, and and the storylines are, are extraordinary. There were demonic possessions and yeah. witchcraft and all mm. these lunatic and men. I saw mm. on the soup a fantastic clip of uh, one of them um, in which a man had had a sex change and was now pregnant with his own father's baby. <laughs> Um, that was the storyline. So okay, so neighbours as as, as as even though it did occasionally deviate from reality in very specific ways, was very much set in reality. It's, but it was set in reality. But it's more like it, a British soap. When, when it deviated, when it, less miserable. When it deviated, it deviated in interesting ways, though, mm-hmm. in, in quite fun ways, which made it different. I mean. And again, we watched it at the time, and we are snobs, so very much so. so we'd watch, why do why do two snobs watch <laughs> a cheap Australian derided soap opera? Why did they? Yeah, uh, and and it's often bundled into the same sort of program as Home and Away, which is another uh, Australian soap opera. Yeah, and th- British ones like Emmerdale and all that stuff. But it's not. It had a very distinct light character. It was light yes. and frothy. Um, and but at the same time, had mm. this undercurrent of intelligence. It did. It, it had a, a, an undercurrent of intelligence which was sometimes very understated and was actually clearly just there for the um, for well, the it, writers to enjoy themselves. Yes, exactly. And, and then and then any viewers who were who were clued in enough to what mm. they were hinting at yeah. would then get a thrill for spotting it. Yes. Uh, and 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 uh, of course, sometimes it wasn't intelligent. Sometimes it was just hypercorrection. Well, this is why we talk about the neighbor's eye, which is yeah. um, we all learn at school. Don't say John and me. Say John and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that's not true because there are many times where actually you should say John and me when yes. when when you and John are the object of the sentence yes. or or it's, it's very or, simple. In the, or in it's, the data. It's very simple to explain. When you, if you were only talking about yourself and you'd say me, yeah. you, you persist yeah, in saying you, me. You, when you wouldn't say give it to give it to I. Exactly. Or he hit. I, 
Or the other one is yeah. myself. Yes. Give the, it to myself. Yeah, so you wouldn't say he hit John and... He, he hit John and I, because you wouldn't say he hit I. However, yeah. in Neighbours, it's because we be, the, the Neighbours rises, I suppose, have been taught just like the rest of us. Don't say me, that's very common. Say I. They'd say, he hit John and I. So that's why when I still uh, talk about it, I say, Don't, that's hypercorrection, that's the Neighbours I. The Neighbours I, yes. I. Um, And what was interesting, uh, going back to Neighbours about it... Uh, was again, it, it was quite frothy and it often didn't take itself seriously. Well, let's say a, a general episode would mostly be about there's there, there's always two generations of characters and mm. sometimes a third older generation. So yes. you have the teenage collection and then you have the, the their parents and their yeah. peers, and then the, buff, and then the older buffoon. Yes, you have or you have all your the Mrs. Mangles wisdom. and your Helen Daniels and all yeah. your older old lady characters. Who are the wise or buffoons? Yes, yeah. Um, I guess Madge and Harold toward the end, yes. they, they much older, yeah. they went from the second generation yes. to the third. Um, and and there, it would be the interplay between their lives. So the, for the teenagers, it would be their love lives and, and their school lives, and for the adults, it would be their relationships yeah. and their work and their jobs. And for and as you, say, as you say, for the older ones, it would be about their wisdom and their folly. Mm, exactly. So that that would be the three levels of how it would be. And it was just very much about relationships and, and jobs. Yes, and and again, I don't hold it against any work of art that it uses very light themes mm-hmm. as a basis of its comedy. I mean, indeed, if we want to talk about Shakespeare, many of, the, many of his comedies are based on the most ridiculous of simple and oh, odd, yes. odd premises, and the good, uh, you know, uh, Oscar Wilde's uh, comedies, after all, are based on the frothiest of notions mm. um, of, of, for example, the importance of being earnest. It's based on the fact that somebody has a name that somebody finds sexy or actually yeah. do- doesn't have that name and has to pretend he does. Mm-hmm. I mean... That's a ridiculous episode of a soap. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but there you go. So I, I don't hold against it. It's, it's, uh, the minutiae are often delicately dealt with in an exquisite way. And very often, Neighbours didn't, but very yes. often it also did. And uh, because of that, I think it deserves some reappraisal. I think so. And I think, I think people might be quick to sneer it even, you know, breathing neighbours in the same breath as Wilde or Shakespeare. Mm. But uh, how brilliantly appropriate is the Shakespeare comparison? Because that was something that, that Neighbours was was constantly doing. Now, I understand that EastEnders has done the same. Has it? Um, uh, many times they've, they've taken Shakespearean themes. The writers have hidden the same jokes in there. Yeah. But I think the, the bleakness of EastEnders and the un, unrelenting failure of every character and the, the, the inevitability of, of, te- of doom for everyone involved makes the programme unwatchable. For well, them. I'll give an example. Whereas where... Neighbours is the opposite. Neighbours, most p- things work out okay well, for most people. Well, pe- 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 like in real life. Well, apparently, my brother tells me recently somebody just died after having a four-day-old four child. But, you know, oh. it's a nice Oh, that's, not, but, that's not the neighbours we knew no, and loved. But, but there, there, there are moments of bleakness which work well because of the oh, usual yes. frothiness, and I'll, yeah. I'll come on to those. But what was particularly... I mean, we, we're not overstating it when there they were often classical themes used. I, I'll give an example. Mm-hmm. Um, once uh, there were two families and neighbours that were fighting with... The, the, the males were fighting with each other. Yeah. I, I think it was the Scullies fighting with some God knows somebody else. <laughs> and, and they were at loggerheads and were basically at war with one another. Yeah. And the wives were becoming increasingly annoyed. So the wives were still friends, and I don't remember yeah. which family it was. And, they, and the wives then mm. said... Um, Basically, when we're going to withdraw sex from our oh yeah from right, from, yes. from our menfolk until they make peace. That's right. And what was lovely was um, the their children at the time. It was just mentioned. You just saw the book. Oh, it was, no, I remember, it was in the... Uh, Susan and, Kennedy was a, yeah, was a school teacher. And, they were, and, she, and she said, remember now, for the last few weeks, we've been studying, is what she said, yes, and then named... Lysestra, the basically, which is the, the Greek uh, play where the basically the Greek women withdrew their sexual favour right. until the men stopped. Uh, I mean, what, but they didn't make it the link explicit. 
They didn't say, and yes. that's like the play that we just, just yeah. and the book happened to be lying Actually, about, I think, and that kind of thing. I think I'm conflating two incidents. Yeah. I don't remember how that, the, the, that was the reveal. I'm thinking of the storyline where Libby was meant to be marrying, I think, Drew, and she has the accident on the horse, and she goes into the coma, and there's all the conflict with the other person who's in love with her. And it was essentially, they were recreating Much Ado About Nothing. Yes. And that's when Susan Kennedy says, for the last few weeks, we've yes. been studying Much Ado About no, Nothing. Lycestra- and you just think how brilliant, because it had been the last yeah. few weeks of the story had yes, been exactly. following no, that. No, the Leicester was even more um, delicately dealt with. I think the, okay. book, the book just happened to be lying about, oh, and, she right. happened, and one of the kids happened to be doing the homework, and you saw it was there. Right. And I thought it was lovely. There were other nice touches, for example, there were earlier on in the series, and they, sadly they stopped doing this, there were just surreal moments where you'd see mm. characters would have dreams. Oh, Bounce of the Dog had a dream, Bounce most famously. The, Bounce of the Dog had a dream, but Harold Bishop would have dreams where he'd be this laird. In, in Scotland <laughs> and have all his serfs around him you know all the characters dressed up as serfs and that yeah. kind of thing um, serving him as, as, the, as, as the laird in, in, in the feudal manner and that kind of thing and he'd wake up and realise he was still in Aussie and, and the, as you say the dog had a dream as well yes. you actually see the dreams of the I remember. I think I remember I don't remember very clearly because I remember that Clive the Doctor who was one of the best characters they ever had in the 80s um, had a dream as well but, where he, but there was something I think Bouncer might have I can't remember Bouncer's dream. I think Clive's dream might have been the boxing fight where he had to box Santa or <laughs> yes, something. something like that. It was yes. just, but, yeah. but it would have these, and of course it, would, it had ludicrous storylines. Like Harold Bishop being one of the most. I think he was in one of the earlier characters, and 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 but, still in it. I think he might have just. You left think recently. he's just left? No doubt. And he was also one of the writers. Ian oh Smith. really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Um, he uh, had. He, you know, he went missing. He, he had an accident, um, and he slipped and fell, and he died. Now, I missed the episode where it happened, so yeah. I never really believed he was dead, no. which apparently, according to the writers, he was completely dead. And yeah. then when they chose to bring him back to life, it was just silly writing. But as far yeah. as I was concerned, I never really believed in his no. death anyway. So, so that was perfect a bit yes. But he turned up back in town as a different person with a different personality. He had yeah. total amnesia, yeah, know, but only exists in soap operas. Yes. And eventually had to be rehabilitated by Madge. But you see, that's what's interesting about the, even the character of Harold, which was basically um, the, 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 the typical buffoon, which mm-hmm. you have, the old, the old buffoon, which is as old as, as writing itself. Um, yes. However, there were just moments where that would dissolve and you would, something quite tragic would happen. Oh, real pathos. Um, yeah. And I'll give you an example of that. You, if you remember, he, like you, he was a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and Actually, he, I lo- and I love Harold Bishop for being a genuine and yeah. un-dick-like Christian yeah. in, 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 in yes. modern media. No, he, he, was, he, was, he was just a, a, quite an avuncular Christian. And yeah. occasion, occasionally he would disapprove of things, but it would never yes. get to the case where he'd be, cheeks. he wouldn't be burning torches. <laughs> That's right. You, the mushroom records were just like... <laughs> <laughs> and then that would be fine. And, he, and indeed, he played the tuba just to That's make it even yes. more. But at one time, he, he he was taking out a scout troop, and uh, I think one of the one of the scouts uh, drowned or something right. like that. And uh, of course, Matt said, "Well, you you need to go to church. You need to just uh, you, you obviously you need your faith at this time, and so yeah. on." And he was getting increasingly bleak. He said, what's the problem? And he said, well, I've gone to church. And then he gave, it was about, I remember, it was about four or five minutes of just wow. basically a monologue where he was basically talking about how he completely lost his faith and mm-hmm. after this happened. And when he spoke out to the universe, he realised there was complete emptiness. There was nothing there. And he just saw a cold bleakness in wow. the air. And, uh, and he just went on and on like this. And it was so, it was very well written. I wonder mm-hmm. he might have written it himself. And it was it was such an extraordinary monologue in the middle of this about this yeah. man who completely lost his faith and the the whole nullity of the universe. He said, and I spoke out my prayer and I realised that there was no answer because there was no one to answer it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. 
and I recorded this whole speech and I was actually I was at school at the time and I was directing some Samuel Beckett plays oh yeah and I used this as the beginning of the plays <laughs> I played I played Harold Bishop's um, lo- loss of faith monologue of course he got his faith back yes. eventually but um, it was an extraordinary moment of writing which I've always remembered since and it struck me that it's probably a bit like the bill in this country I bet you a lot of very good writers and very good technical staff and mm. all that kind of thing get their kind of apprenticeship in, okay. Yeah. In 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 the kind of the mill of neighbours. Yeah. And then move on to do other more creative, more well-funded, interesting things. Similarly, like if you ever go to the National Theatre and you look in the programme, you'll see virtually every single one of them's been in Casualty or the Bill. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's probably the very similar sort of situation. So it's, it shouldn't come as a surprise as some very popular programme that needs tons of constant writing mm-hmm. uh, should attract the dross but should also attract the cream just by attrition it would need to and it, i mean it's had characters like it's had actors appear in it like um russell crowe has been in neighbors indeed and you know people have gone on to and great mike fame was, like I, 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 Minogue, obviously and mike, who was mike from there guy pierce oh guy pierce of yes. course yes super hollywood oscar winning actor <laughs> yeah. guy pierce was mike who went out with plain jane superbrain and of course millie and she's gone on to do nothing and billy from neighbors billy from neighbors of course who's billy from Doctor, neighbors plays billy from neighbors in house yes as he's called it's still in house <laughs> dr billy from neighbors dr billy from neighbors dr yeah. chase yes. if anyone doesn't know yeah um yeah that's a that's a very strange one although so. i think he was a better actor in neighbors oh for sure <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is funny having kind of grown up alongside him yeah. as a you know as a human and not just yeah. as a character, and then to see him now in in in, uh, in house, it's like oh, didn't like, he do well? His beard's getting slightly grey. Billy do well for Billy should be getting a grey beard. As I you know, say. It's quite frightening mm. how old we are. Yeah. I, I have a Harold Bishop memory that's ridiculous. It's one of my mm. favourite little stories. Mm. Was I was watching an episode and he the storyline was that Harold and Lou Lou Carpenter being the person who owned the pub and who played the bouncer in Abba the movie. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> Wasn't there, didn't Lou, who did Lou, oh no, did Lou and Madge ever have anything? Was there any? Probably. I can't remember. God knows. They all get together in the <laughs> yeah. end, don't they? Um, of a so, certain age. So um, so Lou had just, Carol ran the coffee shop in for, for a million years in Neighbours, yeah. and Lou ran the pub. Um, and Lou bought a coffee machine for his pub that he did because he was trying to compete with harold even though they're meant to be friends yeah and so he's trying to steal harold's customers and but he couldn't figure out how to use his coffee machine this is the, the wonderful story mm. so this is the tuba playing wah, 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 <laughs> story coffee machine I go, <laughs> <laughs> so his theory is because he's bought the same brand new coffee machine that harold bought he's trying mm. to he's, he's copying him yeah. so he and harold is using it and he doesn't know how to use it so he's surreptitiously trying to hang around the coffee shop <laughs> to watch harold use the coffee machine mm-hmm. and all the way through this he's talking and Lou is saying, um, oh, 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 see, we have the same espresso machine. And he keeps saying, and, and, and how's like, oh, so are you happy with the espresso machine? And, and, I, and I, he keeps saying, and I'm shouting, espresso. I'm shouting at my television, it's espresso, it's espresso. And eventually, and, he, and Lou is constantly asking, he says, more and more of the espresso machine. And then Harold finally snaps and goes, it's espresso machine. And, oh my goodness, I am Harold Bishop. <laughs> I'm just 100% and then, Harold and Bishop. Your, and your child went, blah, 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 and, you're, <laughs> <laughs> and I went to the police. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I love that again. I love the fact that, that they were thinking they knew better, they knew yeah. better than to say espresso. Yeah, I've heard people who work in coffee shops say that. Do you know what I mean insane? Yeah. No, uh, it's and some of the actors were utterly rubbish. Oh, and very poor. Uh, usually, the prettier they were, the poorer <laughs> they were. Um, but some of the characters were actually very well suited to one another and well acted. Well, I mean, Carl and Susan, Carl and Susan, Susan Kennedy discuss. were exceptionally and good of course, characters. And, and we, you, do you know, do you remember when 
Susan was, we were both discussing Susan Kennedy and we said to each other, you know, she would be the perfect Lady Macbeth. Yes. And then we found out that's what she does. She, yes. she plays, she does Shakespearean stage plays and you can yes. tell, I mean, she's a, she is the perfect Lady Macbeth. She looks and, play, and feels like Macbeth. Well, yeah, and again, this shouldn't surprise somebody. If you think about even a very good actor who, uh, who is on the national stage um, isn't going to get very much money for that, uh, no. per- for that periodic work. So if she's offered a steady role in a soap opera, she's she's going to jump at it, isn't she? Of course, and yeah. and so it shouldn't come as a surprise. So she her acting was always exceptional. I think it's gone silly since then. I've heard because apparently they've she she again got amnesia. They got oh, divorced. Really? She got amnesia. Yeah. They got back together again. She he had an affair, and as she got her memory back, he she suddenly she remembered, remembered the affair, yeah. and they broke up again. Yeah. So you know, uh, the, my I had a rule for neighbours, and that was the, there's no, I don't remember the house numbers. Although clearly we've both retained a vast amount of information about this program. Yes. It was a twenty-one minute program, five that's, nights a that's week. Too much information. Teenagers the same thing. So we would um, uh, no. So there was one house in Neighbours that was the magic house, um, and <laughs> yeah, it was yes. the Des and Daphne lived there yeah. in the eighties, and they were the couple. The one because being a soap opera and people's relationships didn't always survive, mm. um, or at least they would have trouble. But the, there would be one couple that didn't. So Des and Daphne, they had one little wobble, I think, and they were fine. Mm-hmm. And then they moved out, and then um, Billy from Neighbours' parents moved in. Who's that? Um, who Billy are they? Ken- Billy Ken- the Kennedys. It's weird to think that... Oh, no, that's Colin Susan the Kennedy, isn't it? It's yeah, before it's, that. it's weird. No, there was somebody before that. Who was it? It was... Um, I, can't, I can't even remember their names, but yeah. there was another couple. And they, again, were the steady couple. They were the mm-hmm. rocks in the in the neighborhood. Yeah. And then the Kennedys moved in, and they were in the, the same magic house, and their relationship had always survived. In the sort and, of the, the, the centre of the equilibrium house. Yeah. And I, and I said, I remember that we said to each other at the time, if these two ever break up, then it means the writers have forgotten how or as works. Or as we would say today, they've jumped the shark. Well, OK, I suppose so. And yeah. it would just mean... It would just, I, I never managed to get my head around what that phrase is supposed to mean. So I prefer, I prefer to just say, it would just mean they'd forgotten what Neighbours was about. Mm. And it did, and they broke them up and I stopped watching. That was the day I stopped watching. I went, oh, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. They don't get it anymore if they can break. If they think they can break those two up, then they don't get how yes. the show works. No, no, that's so. true. They were uh, the stable nexus around the rest of the vortex. Absolutely. Revolved. So I, yes, I, I wonder if it's still good now. It's on Channel Five now. Which well, is, that's I can't already imagine watching speak, it a commercial break in the middle. That speaks against it already. The fact it, it could be on Channel Five is. Plus, I mean, it's interesting. It also within the story of of Neighbours is also the story of the changing of British broadcasting. Because if you remember, in the eighties, when we started watching, in the late eighties, when I started watching it, obviously, right. um, the, it used to get viewing figures of twenty, twenty four million, really? something like that. Yeah, good heavens. I mean, you used to see in the back of radio the radiotomies, and <laughs> it, it, they would list them. And these days, if a program gets sort of six or seven million, it's considered really popular because of the dilution. I think, of I broadcast. think fifteen to sixteen million is the big, big, huge, crazy goal that you aim for now. Yeah, rather you than very rarely, and get yeah, there. very rarely get to. Whereas the, yeah. the twenty, twenty-five millions used to get. Yeah, yeah, and of course, Neighbours was on twice a day. The joke being because you couldn't believe it the first time, <laughs> um, but it was. Uh, yeah, there's. This, I don't know if it's apocryphal, but the story about how it managed to get on because it was a lunchtime show. It yeah, like yeah. it'd throw away daytime show, yeah. and the route, the, the story goes that the controller of BBC One's daughter was off school ill for right. a couple of weeks. Started watching it, fell in love with it, really got into it, and wanted to carry on watching. <laughs> and his, and not because he did it for his daughter, but because he realised that, that his there was something here. There's that, something here that makes this yeah. worth. This is something teenagers should be getting at. So they tacked it onto the end of children's BBC. So five thirty-five. Yeah. And I still, to now, and it's eight years since I watched the program, mm. and I still now, when I see the clock say five thirty-five, uh, something primal inside me alerts me it's time to watch Neighbours. Also, the, this is bizarre. also the change represents. Uh, that it was a live program. Well, it wasn't live, but it, it was broadcast, and you would watch it as it was broadcast. 
and the notion of doing that these oh, days true, yes. the notion of doing that these days is seeming increasingly yeah, rare as well it's a peculiar way you to know, watch television it was yeah. a 5.30 programme and you'd kind of rush a bit to make sure you were there to sit it was, we, it. we had my, my mum was not one for uh, television Hmm. Um, I mean, she endlessly watches tennis all day in the news, but that's and that's it. But she, she even even neighbours, she didn't she didn't watch or enjoy neighbours. But she neighbours was too powerful a force for her to beat. Tea was hmm. at we would get tea at six because that's when neighbours finished. Yeah, it was you know it, we it was a, it was a TV show we built our lives around in a really and strange way. I mean, and and it, the, the, that's the interesting thing about it. It wasn't as if both of us as a family as families, watched a lot of rubbish. That's no. the point. Uh, and it's not like we watched all the soaps. I've never watched any British soap opera I wasn't ever. even allowed to watch EastEnders no. at that point. I've never, watched, eight, late, late I've never watched any British soap opera. I find them dull. And mm. I certainly haven't watched it. I don't watch Home and Away. I never have. Or any of the I tried other Aussie to. Soap I tried operas. to when it first started showing on ITV because I thought, oh, something else like Neighbours. That would be great. Never, ever liked it. No, it was a kind of surfing yeah. nonsense. Yeah. Although I remember at one point both shows did have a ghost in them. <laughs> uh, Home and Away had uh, there was a character called Bobby I seem to remember who I don't know how how the hell I know any of these things. Donald Fisher was the headmaster of the school I never even watched this programme yeah. and I think his daughter was Bobby I, can't, I think they found out that they were father and daughter and yeah. she dies and then she appears as a ghost to oh, someone on the beach and it was very silly and then the same neighbours picked up on this and they had Todd and Phoebe and I Phoebe remember, yeah. and Todd died in the van accident and Phoebe was pregnant with his baby and he appeared as a ghost to tell her that it was going to be a girl yeah. and that was a little bit silly that was, <laughs> was maybe going a bit far yes yeah, I remember that do you remember the, when Todd and Cody mm. um, and this is first Cody before she'd suddenly changed into a chain smoking woman who was about four years older than the original that's another thing we should talk about actually is the fact that Neighbours was I don't know if any programme could could any programme now change the actor who plays a character without saying anything I know but Dallas, even Dallas used to do, Dallas did that once with did Barbara it? Bell Geddes playing Miss uh, Miss Ellie uh, but it was a big deal because it, it's just it was just so nonchalant in Neighbours hmm. there were three Lucys the first Lucy had to be fired because she was uh, a, a dwarf <laughs> she had dwarfism and wasn't going to grow tall enough to carry on being uh, the, the Lucy they wanted so they ditched her got another one and eventually that Lucy was ditched for a third yes um, <laughs> sorry for the poor Lucys <laughs> yes. who came and went and then um, uh, I, I believe Kylie Minogue wasn't the original Charlene I think there was a Charlene Probably, before yeah. Kylie um, and all these just ridiculous moments where just one day Cody was a, the Cody was the daughter of the middle family who we can't remember mm. um, I think Willis the Willis Cody mm. Willis very well done mm. Pam and Doug Willis I remember yeah they were the, <laughs> comes back. they were the original Scullies oh right yes I suppose so they're sort of the slightly the slightly rough edged lower, lower middle class but they were still rough, the stable family but stable yeah. and so Cody was this, at one point this very sweet naive girl who had the story with Todd where they were going to have sex for the first time and it was very mm. controversial and there were many yeah. complaints about it being shown on television and the extraordinary thing was that they chose not to as a result of their their, their, their kind of big build up to this this, yeah. this uh, pre I think they were both 15 and they kind mm. of a sexual encounter it was much brouhaha about it being on children's I children's BBC wah, rah, yeah. rah. and of course they chose not do no one ever took any notice of that part of the story um but then cody just one day came back as this <laughs> hoary old oh, oh, fucking oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah, edit that out yeah <laughs> hoary uh, angry chain smoking <laughs> yes. bitter embittered old woman it's a bit like <laughs> it was very no, you have that happened with roseanne remember that happened with uh oh becky yes roseanne and they did refer to it they, they, they did a they, oh this is this leads to one of my big pet hates about how awful british comedy can be um you had uh 
I feel like we talked about Neighbours for half an hour, but I feel like this is us moving on. Um, <laughs> our moving on. Uh, our, our moving on, of course. Yeah. So we had... Uh, yes, I'm also campaigning with people saying, ah, oh, for our, so you want to be careful okay. of that. Okay. Um, you had uh, Becky, the new Becky, who was played by Sarah Chalk, who went on to be much more famous in Scrubs. Oh, well, well, um, who did she play in Scrubs? She was uh, the main girl, um, whose name has escaped me, uh, the initials. No, not the initials. The blonde. The blonde, yeah. The, the blonde. Okay, that's fine. Blonde, blonde, yeah. Blondie lady. <laughs> blondie lady doctor. <laughs> Who went out with Zach Braff. Anyway. Yes, blondie lady doctor. So she was the, second, she was the replacement yes. Becky in, in, uh, oh, yes, in Roseanne. Course. And, oh, she, and yes. it's so much prettier. Of course, Sarah yeah. Chalk. Um, and so there was, they were watching at the end of the first episode in which she appears, uh, and no one has said anything, but it's doing the credits gag, and they're watching an episode of, I think it's Gilligan's Island, and they were just saying how someone had changed character, and Becky, mm. was, the, Becky was saying how much she hates it when they do that. And they were just making these jokes about it. And it was quite a smart little yeah. reference to the fact they did that. Then, a couple of years later, on 2.4 Children, the BBC rip-off of Roseanne, was it? Yeah, it was entirely oh. to rip off Roseanne, two point four children, and they changed the actor who plays one of the, plays the daughter uh, by what for whatever reason, and they sit down and the joke they do to to reference this is they're sitting down to watch Roseanne and then complaining about the fact they changed the actress who plays Becky. Maybe that's clever. No, it wasn't clever. It was completely failing to understand that that was Roseanne's own joke that they'd already done and they were mocking the wrong program. Oh. Made me really angry. About 2.4 children, how dare they? Although my family Rob, is Rob, worse. Robert Lindsay's my family, isn't yes, it? Yes, that's right. Again, he's a good actor who was in good things like GBH and so on, but then also did My Family. Oh, I can't. I try. Let's not go on about no, sitcoms let's again. Not talk about that. Yeah, we did sitcoms before, didn't we? And sitcoms are depressing in this country anyway. That's true. Yeah. So there you go, half an hour on Neighbours. I don't think anyone could ever have suspected it could be done. No, I could talk more. Oh, well, me too. I could go forever. I mean, frankly, if somebody if if somebody just showed me an old episode and we could deconstruct it to hell and back, I mean, it would be great. It might be fun to do one, not on, obviously on this, but just generally, be good to. That's what there's something weird about something like Neighbours as well. It's a cultural product, and think how many how many hours of it are there now? Oh gosh, um, well, it's been going twenty five years. Just think of it, this, this ribbon of interlocking stories that's just going... Five a week. Although it t- takes sabbaticals in Australia. Yeah. But just um, think about this, this ribbon of 25 years worth of stories and, mm-hmm. and characters and so on, which is so ephemeral. You know, it's not yeah. going to be ever brought back again. No, no uh, one's ever going to re. No, I guess it, it might be reshown on some cable. Yeah, but somewhere. I mean, but it'll never actually yeah. be part of the zeitgeist again. No. Something quite poignant in that, in a way, yeah. is that there's a huge amount of material that's just flitted into yeah. the wind. It was only traumatic. I saw a, a behind-the-scenes documentary once in which they had the camera on, I think, the Robinsons, uh, whoever it was by then, their front room. Mm. And then the, ca- the, the, the whoever's from the documentary panned the camera around and you went, from the, you went to the edge of their room to a bit of studio to the coffee shop. It's like, no! The, the fourth wall falling apart yeah. and it just breaking down for me. It was, it was horrendous. Yeah, I mean, again, the, uh, as the theme tune progressed, you knew things were going wrong. As, as, more, oh, sa- as yeah. more saxophone appeared. So you know, the original, the old... And then you knew that, that was the beginning of the. Oh, end. Yeah, when, sure. where the, the rule of thumb is when a synthesized saxophone enters your theme <laughs> that's tune, right. your, your, that's, that's a how, clanging corn of doom. That's how you know. Can you think of any other? Is there any other soap opera that's ever been good or worthwhile? I know that I know that EastEnders writes smart storylines into it, but I cut. I, I couldn't bring myself it. to watch. And it. can you imagine? Your ever? friend Andrew Collings used to write for uh, yeah. Yeah, for EastEnders. Yeah, I know they read 
that he oh, yes, they did part of the script and, and realised how terrible his scripts yes, were. That's right. uh, but no, there is something worse. Can you imagine ever watching a Coronation Street? Oh, Corrie. Goodness. It's just, it's, do you know what Coronation Street is? And I have seen two full episodes of this. Of <laughs> <laughs> it's a kill yourself quickly now. Um, when you, I saw, I've seen two episodes because mm-hmm. I was in a pub in Stoke-on-Trent where well, I went that's to my depressing, first failed degree, yeah. um, and I and we were playing pool, and they would show it on the television in there, and that's how I've seen episodes of Coronation Street. And I've never watched an episode. As far as I've been, I've, every time I've been in this country, I've, I've seen maybe two minutes as the longest excerpt of it I've ever seen. And, I, and, I've, and I've, you know, when I used to watch TV, I would uh, proper real life, real life. I find TV. it more depressing. I would flick through it. The the. The More depressing than Last of the Summer Wine, and that's saying <laughs> All they do in Coronation Street is go to the shops. It's the people going to the shops program. It's just an endless series of people I'll going into various sugar. shops or pubs. And whinging. And then complaining about something and then going to another shop. It's like, that, you... I know that the whole idea of a soap is to reflect, uh, uh, to give a false reflection of real life, mm. but Coronation Street f- seems to have forgotten the false bit. You could just go and stand in your local four boys and listen to old ladies complaining about the price of Maltesers. I'm sure today... It's surely just as thrilling an experience. I'm sure today it's full of incest and crashing aeroplanes. I'm sure it probably yeah. is. I don't know. No. I'm trying to think of, I used to enjoy watching Sunset Beach on Channel 5 no idea what that is that was an American soap opera not for the soap opera itself because it was ridiculous but because they the credits at the end ran for about 2-3 minutes and the Channel 5 continuity announcer would have written 2-3 to three minutes of material based on how bad the episode they'd shown just was and he would just do this 3 minute monologue mocking everything you'd just seen it was hilarious there's another change in broadcasting the days of a long credit sequence oh yes you know, these days you get about two, two, three abbreviated seconds, whereas before you would have this huge long... I, I think that was quite good. I like the respect that it showed to the programme. I'm, I'm a quite, long credit sequence without any interruption. I like the idea. Of I'm it. quite in favour of the abbreviated credits. For instance, no. if you watch a programme like... No. Well, House still has full-length credits, interestingly. Mm, but they're not very long. And I love the fact that... That's they, my point. Even full-length oh, no. credits aren't very long. Well, no, but then most American TV shows now have a sting rather than credits, so it lasts two to three well, seconds. Well, that's my point. That's, but it's good. No. Because, no, because then at the program... No, like Dallas or Quincy or whatever, you'd have a, the, the credits would be longer. Four minutes. There'll be a symphony, minute there'll be a the symphony at the beginning of... And the, even the A-team. What would the A-team have been like if it just had... Da, 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 da. It would, and then it would I'll end. tell you what it would have been like. It would have been a minute longer. You've so got, what? You've, TV shows have got 42 minutes to tell everything. American TV we shows. don't need a minute, a minute more of the yes, 18. Yes, a minute more, not the 18, would, clearly. All that would have happened is Murdoch would have done something wacky or Mr. Or, 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 or Mr. T would have pitied more fools or <laughs> Hannibal would have chomped on a cigar or Face would have killed think, a Cylon nothing would have when I think about programmes I really enjoy like programmes like House or nothing programs. more than the A-Team theme music which was wonderful even even trashy TVs I love watching like I need to me- talk about theme tunes anyway let me finish theme like, tunes used to be good they're crap shut now. up you old man um, the, the, the Mentalist I like watching The Mentalist yeah. as bad as it may be and again it's, it's, it's interesting because it's about three seconds long and that's good because it means I get a minute more of The, of the Mentalist no, to watch no you should have you should you should Relax into the mise en scene of the program, and the and the credits should be doing that for you. Shouldn't be being sold carpet cleaner, and then three seconds later, there's a mentalist. But no one watches commercials, so that doesn't matter. You don't see the adverts. No, but still. But the I the, think a long credit sequence is good. Well, the where they still remain appropriate, I believe, is on uh, cable t- channels where they have no time limits. So, for instance, Dexter. Dexter runs as long as they need the episode to run. So, in one episode, it might be forty-five minutes. The next might be an hour and five. I don't think that must be true. It's absolutely true. That can't be true. 
true. It is completely true. That can't be true. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean a is? cable channel where there are no timers? Cable channels still have schedules. Yeah, but they, they schedule for however long the episode oh, is. Oh, nonsense. <laughs> go, go back and go. Is this here? Are you telling me there, there are, there are, there are um, ambitemporal programs absolutely. now? Absolutely. Dex, no. for instance, one, uh, one episode, season, what, one season four of season four of Dexter now, I think. I mean, even Ron Doings tries <laughs> to keep itself to 43 minutes. One, one episode minutes. was 46 minutes and this week's episode was 55. I find that very um, difficult it's been to as long. Uh, I'll have some tomorrow. Oh, well, you have to pour me some more. Mm. Okay. Um, the, uh, the, my, one of my all-time favourite programmes, Carnival. Which was on either HBO or Showtime. Carnival was wonderful. Yeah. It really was. That had um, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, that was uh, that would run as long as it needed to be. So some episodes were under an hour. Some episodes went for I think it's as long as an hour and ten minutes. True Blood runs as long as it needs to. Does all it? these shows take as long as they need for the story to be told. And all of it. And if you look at True Blood, my and... brother tells me that True Blood is. I haven't watched it yet, although no. I recorded. My brother says that True Blood is like a mixture between Carnival and Desperate Housewives. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah. With all that's bad about Desperate Housewives included. All right. Um, should I watch it? Or but again, I, well, the point or is, should but, I delete it? Uh, uh, let me finish this point. Just say, should I watch it or should I delete it? Watch it. Okay. Um, Dexter and True Blood both have title sequences that last over a minute. Like Dexter's title sequence is one minute forty-five. Good. There's never been a title sequence. I've never heard. Of the title sequence that long before excellent HBO is it long uh, showtime alright and True Blood is HBO Hmm. True Blood is is problematic because its first season is um, very very good until the last episode when it just goes absolutely insane Mm-hmm. And just tries to rush. It's been so slow paced and brilliantly slow paced, which is why it's like Carnival. But then you get to the final episode, it goes, "Oh, quick, ah, shit, run!" Oh. Like Carnival and, had and, to do. And rushes it all to a crazy end. No, Carnival just had a faster second season. Uh, I don't know. It had to end much quicker because they ran out of Awkwardly. money. They ran out of money. I'm not surprised that program cost. They did, and they weren't allowed man. to finish it in the way they wanted to. So well, they no, had, they, they they season that. one they ran exactly yeah. as they wanted. Season two they had. They to were speed meant up. to be about four seasons, you see. Right, and they had to compress. Oh three. no, they just got they just got cancelled. They, they never to, got this. No, but no, but they compressed about two seasons worth into two episodes, which is why I just went totally. I don't think I think I argue that season two was still really good. I don't. It was I don't good. Agree. It's just it's just at the end they had to bundle too many themes into well, one what, program. What was remark about season one was that they didn't have to have anything happen. You could have an hour-long episode, and not not a single event. Would Everybody take place. who listens to this, do watch, go do get Carnival. Yeah, uh, there you can get things. a beautiful box set, DVD yeah. box set of it in the states. Get, get, get two DVD boxes. Get a D, get the DVD of Terry Gilliam's Brazil, and get oh, a DVD go. of Carnival, and mm-hmm. have a very very good couple of weeks. Couple of weeks, I would have thought. And you will or Netflix it, however you yeah. want to get it. It's yeah, or just download it from a torrent. <gasps> whatever you but want. That's against the law. That would be piracy. Uh, from a legal torrent. Oh, okay, a legal one. Yeah. Um... I heard of a, a games company um, who have recently been, have been providing technical support to people on uh, torrent sites. Really? It's kind of, they're just accepting of their piracy and, and have recognised that pe- they want people to enjoy their game and people having trouble getting the game running after downloading it, they were giving them help. That sounds nice. Which is exceptional. No, it's, it's also good because it means that if, if you build a good relationship with people, then mm-hmm. next time they might actually say, well, actually, these guys are good. Uh, and they will give you money. I mean, absolutely. That's yeah. that's the point that in all these arguments needs to be made. When you have estrangement, then you have to have coercion. If you have a small, think about it. If you have a small village where everybody knows everybody else, mm-hmm. there's a reason why there's less crime and so on because yeah. you've everybody feels that they affect everybody else, and you can have empathy for them, and you've seen the whites of their eyes, and you've probably smelt their cooking come through the window. Yeah. So they are people, yeah. and. I think that the key to solving the, quote, problem, quote, of uh, how do we fund X, Y, and Z is simply to re-engender that feeling between people, and then they'll be happy to fund it. If people continue to feel estranged by the large corporations, LC, capitalised, mm-hmm. 
then they should just expect what they're going to continue yeah, getting, I, which, I is, so. which is the rational reaction to estrangement, which is not to care. And, a, and why would you care whether you are um, depriving the, as I've said before, why, you, why should you care that you're depriving the managing director of uh, Sony EMI of, his, yeah. of a line of coke that day? I don't care. Whereas if he were my uncle, or I yeah. felt like he were my uncle, he touched me in a very special way, <laughs> then maybe I would, I would want to Provide make sure that he tea. was given a, a good quality cream tea. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so it, it's all connected. I think I should somehow mention the Now Show at this point. <laughs> circles around. Well, actually, actually, talking about it, isn't it? Isn't it about time that because we, we've had the news quiz for rather a long time on Friday afternoons from Radio Four? Oh, that's so true. Isn't it? What? 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 It must be coming <laughs> back soon. Yeah. So we sort of oscillate between. Oh, did you hear that? Um, that the lovely Mitch Ben's wife came to the defence of him on Twitter no. against people like our friend Matthew George no, what, what who's happened? been making some very unpleasant comments oh, about, do, do, about do, Mitch Ben oh do tell she, me well, she, no, what's, what's been said firstly because I don't I, know I hate every week uh, Matthew uh, who I think is uh, Jairob Jay yes. uh, in red on blue yes. acronym um, yeah. if you want to follow him on Twitter yeah. um, he makes some very amusing comments about how every week about how he wants to, the different ways in which he wants to kill Mitch Ben after listening to the Now uh, Show and, and let me just describe the tragedy of Mitch Ben the tragedy of Mitch Ben is that he could be a perfectly competent... He seems like he's probably a nice com- guy. He could be a perfectly competent comedy yeah, musician. Song, yeah. song musician if he spent a little more time worrying about the comedy and a little less time worrying about his hair. However, <laughs> however, however, the tragedy and the pathos is he wants to be a rock god. Yeah, it seems That's that way. the tragedy. And, and it's so obvious... And everything he does, he wants to be a rock god. He wanted millions and millions of followers on Twitter. And, oh, he, wrote, yeah, and yeah. he wrote a song about how he wanted yeah, millions so of followers on, tw- on of Twitter. And if you look at his website, he's at pains to emphasise the serious nature of his CDs and the more serious songs in his band and showing himself in a pose with his guitar in a way that is... He doesn't, with grace, accept his status. And people who don't accept their status with grace are always going to look foolish. So mm. I, I can see why... Matthew would make fun of him because he, yeah. of course, is very easy to make fun of because his hubris is obvious to see. So, so he's been doing this, has he, for a while? I haven't followed. Well, I no, no, that's true. His wife uh, and Mitch Ben's wife came onto Twitter to announce that um, even though these horrid people are making these horrid remarks, he doesn't mind. He can handle criticism and he's fine with it. Which is a very strange thing to feel the need to say, I thought. Especially get your wife to say. And Matthew pointed this out to me, saying, you know, he said, that you, you know quite how well Mitch Ben can handle criticism. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> uh, so, so years and years later, still referring to it. Yes. On, we're still referring it to what on the, uh, the now, now show. show. Yes, there we go. We look, we, I ironically mention it. We end up talking about it. We do. But there it's you a go. Disaster. <laughs> it is. It is. A Clearly, the response from the BBC should be to give us a half-hour comedy show on Radio Four, <laughs> so we can prove that we'd be better. I think we obviously would be. I mean, that's I a sad... So. No, that's a sad thing. I mean, one can make fun of things. And, and we, we, we have shown perfectly good grace to cheap programming where it deserves it. Like, Absolutely. for example, Neighbours. For example. Yes. So we, we will... But frankly, anybody could do better than the Now Show. And that's what's sad, because it's given a yeah. prime time yeah. slot in a national uh, station. And everybody knows it's pretty much rubbish. Everybody except your blog readers, who seem to think it's <laughs> the most wonderful thing ever. I think one person on my blog <laughs> no, several, has several, leapt to its defence. Several people have thought it's one. But do you know... I think and, and the worst part of it, they keep going on about, 
oh, this is satire. Oh. Have you noticed that they keep referring to themselves as satire, satire in a slightly self-conscious and, yeah. and uncomfortable way because they know they're not really. I think it should be, everyone who, anyone who describes topical comedy as satire should be beaten to death mm. with, a, with a copy of Swift. But that's just satire, folks, satire. As it's to flatter punt, yourself. That flatter that's yourself. Punt, yeah. Flatter yourself by calling mm. it satire. They had a programme, a, a, a bit on... Um, feedback on Radio 4 oh, yes. in which they were discussing that's where mad people write in to complain right. or say nice yes. things yeah. uh, it's only mad people yeah. for both sides of that yeah. spectrum um, and they had a bit on controversial comedy and you know because of the whole things with Frankie Boyle and, and Jimmy Carr and all these recent stories um, Newsnight gets Richard Herring on to talk about it who is a controversial comic uh, the, and feedback gets Steve Punt <laughs> Oh, he's always on the edge of controversy, <laughs> Steve Punt. Yeah, Punt, well, his name itself his name sounds is, a little bit right. Oh, just move that first plosive a little <laughs> bit towards... Yeah. It's, what a, I just thought that was unbelievable. He was the representative for, for controversial comedy. Because the Now Show is always busting the government's chops, isn't it? Danton penis. <laughs> so that, that entertained me enormously. Yes. Um, well, I, I do think that we should no, possibly continue was, funding the NHS. No, I was going to. I wanted to argue one quick point. Uh, yeah. This idea that people who are defending the Now Show, I've got a feeling, and I prove me wrong. Got a feeling. But I think yeah. most of them are going to be under twenty-five. Yes. And therefore, they never a, lived through the the, the, the late nineties and B, and also, the, more, the whole nineties. Also, they feel slightly sophisticated for even turning on radio for. <laughs> Maybe I don't. I don't want to patronise people for Why being not? under twenty-five Why because not? we were under twenty-five when so we what? experienced the work of Chris Morris, so. and that's what I'm saying. We were very blessed that we had the only satirist in the last hundred years. Mm. His output occurred in the ten years in our most formative years. So we saw oh, the, the day-to-day oh, oh, and Brassai in our yeah. form, in our teenage yeah, years, yes. and it formed us. There's no, there's no satire at all. Not any satire. I mean, not well, even it's not a, allowed now. I mean, it's, none, it's, there's none. Look and at the reaction to the slightest bit of exactly. I mean, can, it just exactly. We're so. living through a neo-Victorian age in Very some much way. So. Yeah, and so you're not allowed to do. You're not allowed to do comedy that upsets people. Comedy mustn't upset. Now we grew well, up nothing must accept must upset anyone. It's even the law now. Exactly. It's no, you're, you're yeah, joking. No, it is yeah, the, law it now. the law now. Nobody is allowed to be upset about anything ever. That's the law. <laughs> so, but we grew up in a decade where Chris some Mor- people were allowed Chris to be Morris slightly upset. And Armando Inucci and and those who span off from that the, their their mm. work were doing comedy that was very much upsetting people. It was getting people enormously upset. They say j- bl- blue jam. Well, exactly. I was showing a, an American friend clips of blue jam that were on YouTube the other day, and, and jam and blue jam. With, 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 a, with a child, especially with a, where the child had basically been raped and buried, and the parents were just discussing it nonchalantly. Yeah, and that, I, I'm oh, sorry, it I'm sounds sorry, like him. I'm sorry to say that in a very old fuddy-duddy way, but it, even though that was just what five, ten years ago, what, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be. It that, would not, that, that be, not be on any channel now. God, can no you imagine channel, if no channel? And, and amazingly, no channel. Jam, Jam was shown without fuss, and then of course uh, the Peter Geddon Brass Eye special came along, yeah. and that that's was the beginning of yeah, the end. But that wasn't, and but the, the that Peter was Geddon, yeah, but that wasn't the. It, it wasn't the fact that that particular episode was extraordinary. It's just that the the mood had yeah, swung to the position yeah. where anything that slotted at that particular mm-hmm. point would have got it. Bang on. And this is pre. This is before September 11th, isn't it? Mm. So you can't even pin it on no. the, the whole consciousness shift no, of that. No, no, it wasn't. It was just something in the mood, something in the air changed. It's and very since strange. then, since then, we've been on edge. Not well, to since then, anyone. Chris Morris made Nathan Barley and the and has appeared on the It Crowd. It's hardly, it's hardly the same man, is it? <laughs> it's it's a little disappointing. The person, the genuine, the only the only living satirist uh, appeared on shitty sitcoms. Mm. It's just, it's just such a shame. 
It is, I think, on that sad note. Yeah, so but that's my argument. Is my colleague, what? my colleague Jonathan, complained that episode uh, six, seven depressed him okay. very much, and he ended the episode more depressed than he did from the beginning. Well, I hope that we've achieved the same for him today. Yes. Sorry, Jonathan. Sorry about that. Jonathan. Get back to work. <laughs> yeah. Can you? I imagine rock paper shotguns probably white paging. Can you fix that? That would be great. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Thanks very much. Bye bye.